Welcome to Hunting Land, where we discuss hunting tactics, wildlife, and habitat management, and the dynamics of land ownership. I'm Joe Baia, here joined again with my co-host Clint Flowers. Clint, anything new in the world of COVID-19 coronavirus this week? Well, Alabama's had a stay-at-home order issued, and luckily, real estate is one of the essential services, and we've stayed as, as busy as we can be. Just had to stay busy at a distance. You know, same thing here. I went out on Saturday and showed a track. And it's a little different. Normally, I'd throw them in the truck with me and we'd ride around and look at things. And in that scenario, I had to have them follow me around in their vehicle. And it takes a little bit of planning to get it done right, but trying to follow the rules. But uh, definitely can still show property. And, and that's a good thing. And still get out there. And like we talked about previously, it, it's just bringing a whole new set of buyers into the market. It is. We're happy to, to see that and happy to stay of service in these, these times. Well, you know, Clint, I've already killed my limit of turkeys, so I don't really know what to say. Uh, I haven't been able to go turkey hunting, which is unfortunate, but I know you haven't killed a turkey yet. So uh, tell me about your weekend. What's going on with what's going on with the birds at your place? Sounds like they're kind of kind of messed up. Yeah, they're definitely falling out of their patterns, which we're attributing to uh, based on the wisdom I was given this morning from somebody that knows them a lot better than I do that are extra healthy population of black gnats is really changing their normal patterns, plus this early spring that we've talked about. Uh, so all that combined with me taking a, a six-year-old hunting with me, which is like dragging a drum set with me into the woods, has not helped our search so far. Well, I know y'all did some burning on your place. And uh, normally, if you've got a burn going into turkey season, that is an excellent place to run into some turkeys. But Sorry, that's not working out for you guys. I think uh, hopefully we can get a change in the weather patterns and maybe end up with a strong season. That's one of the challenges in turkey hunting is a lot of guys get burned out early and they miss what can be some of the best hunting of the season. It's a lot of times it's later in the season and you just get burned out. You get hot. You, you're dealing with bugs or snakes or whatever it is, and you start thinking about fishing more than turkey hunting. But I, stick with it, man. Y'all get after them. It'll happen. And, and, you know, one of the things, you know, you're talking talking about burning. It's always we're trying to improve wildlife habitat. We're trying to improve our timber value uh, and ultimately make land a good investment financially, but also somewhere that we can recreate and have a good time on. And that's I'm really excited about today's show because we're going to be talking about something that you know, I ran across this with a landowner that I met with them on their property and he had an 88 acre track of land. And the general, for most people, they generally think that on 88 acres, it's, they're not going to be able to make a whole lot of money on timber. There's some issues with timber management on small tracks that a lot of people assume is the case across the board. And I ran across uneven-aged timber management, and you probably know a lot about this, Clint, but it's new information to me, and, and what I really want to learn today is what is uneven-aged timber management, forest management? We call it timber here in the south, other parts of the country, they like to call it forest. But you know what we want to learn today is, is it a realistic type of, of forest management for the smaller family forest? Is it a good plan, a good system? And is it going to help us make more money uh, on our trees over the life that we own that property? Is it right for you? And so I, I'm really excited about this. We've got Damon Wilkinson joining us today. Damon 
has been the owner of Professional Forestry Services in Mobile, Alabama since 2008. He works with a range of small to large forest owners on a variety of reforestation services. So Damon, welcome to Hunting Land. Tell us how you got started in forestry, man. Uh, tell us a little bit about your education and, and some of your background. I went to school to, Aub- to Auburn University. And, War Eagle. Uh, War Eagle. And I was in school. I was in the, uh, under the School of Business. I was leaning toward environmental engineering. And I always uh, had an inclination for the outdoors. And by the, the further I looked, kept really trying to decide what, deciding what I wanted to be when I grew up. I ended up at the School of Forestry. It went from there. Very cool. So you got out of school and, and where'd you have your first work experience? What were you doing? Well, I was very fortunate. I went to work for uh, the Stimson family at Gulf Lumber Company in, uh, down here in Mobile, you know, straight out of school. Uh, you know, I was real happy and lucky there. I, you know, I got a job at home. You know, I worked there for about probably 10 or 11 years. You know, did, did all sorts of things. I uh, learned probably a little bit to a lot about every aspect of the business. You know, you know worked through the whole sawmilling uh, system from from grading lumber to quality control in the sawmill to running the uh, log yard and scale house, scaling logs, just doing a whole host of things. And, you know, while also at the same time, you know, I, I worked a lot in the woods, you know, cruising timber, marking timber, marking poles, doing all, all sorts of things. And uh, then about the end of uh, 2007, I had the opportunity to uh, go in business uh, for myself and uh, still maintain my relationship that I was uh, doing at Gulf Lumber at the time. And uh, and so, you know, that was a, a step that I took. You know, it was a little scary. Uh, economic times weren't great. Timber markets were down. You know, it was a it was a heck of a time to go in business for yourself in the in the in the in the forestry world. I kept my head down. I was diligent, and it you know, and it, it it's worked out. You talk about going into business for yourself, and so you know, professional forestry services is your business. But what kind of landowners do you work with? I mean, you, you talked about working with Gulf Lumber. Do you work with only large landowners, or do you do you do stuff with? You know, small family forest uh, owners. No, I, I try and work with everybody. It, uh, I mean, sure, large landowners are are great, but you know, uh, you know, equally important are the landowners that may only own twenty acres, and it's you know everything they own, and uh, you know that, and it's very important important to them. And, you know, I, I do what I can to to work with those as well. So, Damon, you're a consultant forester. Tell me about exactly what a consultant forester does and, and the types of services you're, you're providing these landowners. Yeah, you know, I pro- provide a whole range of services. Um, it, it's, it's basically kind of your, from the, the forestry side of things, I mean, it's the whole nine yards. We, you know, I can do as much or as little stuff that, that's needed from, you know, I mean, some people just, just need a timber cruise, you know, and that's, that's a, an inventory of, you know, how much, how much timber do I have on my property? We can perform that. We can, uh, every, everybody's driven by, by money a lot. They're, they're wanting to sell some timber. I can come in and, and help that landowner, you know, decide what they want to cut and, uh, market their timber and, uh, and oversee the, you know, operation and the removal of their timber from their property. You know, at times even a large part of what I do, you know, is manage uh, reforestation activities, helping people, you know, restock their property. Well, Damon, you mentioned money is, is the focus of a lot of the landowners that you work with, trying to create some income. And, and that's what I really want to learn from you today about 
forest management practice, uneven age forest management. What most of us, if you're new to Timberland or, or you've spent a lot of time look, looking at Timberland, you've probably been looking at even aged management for the most part. You're seeing a bunch of trees that are all been planted at the same time. And uh, uneven age management, it seems on the surface like this could be an option for a smaller landowner, smaller forest owner to create a more frequent income stream and possibly even create more total net income. And I, and when I also want to talk about wildlife habitat in the process, okay. you know, if there's, if there's any negatives to even age or unmanaged forest, all that kind of stuff. So, so let's get into what exactly uneven aged timber management or, or forest management is and and from a small forest perspective, what would you consider a small forest? Yeah, you know, small forest. I mean, you, you have a lot of landowners that that may own forty acre track, but but then there's also people out there as well with you know that may only own twenty acres. I mean, that, those are smaller ones uh, to me. Standpoint of, of as far as marketability on the timber side, would you consider that twenty to forty acre range kind of the minimum? You know, assuming they're a normal hauling distance from the mill, that minimum to have a, a feasible timber investment. It depends. It's uh, if their land is, you know, if they're in an area of uh, some good productivity, good soil, high site index land, good uh, access, good access, then. You know, then yeah, I mean, you, you could go even, you know, something something smaller than that acre would be good. We say it depends a lot on this show, Damon. So okay, let it fly. Yeah, <laughs> there's the one thing we all know is there's no acre like the other one. So that's right. There's no hard definites on any of this. So okay, well, that's good. That's a question we get a lot. You know, because a lot of people are first time buyers or first time sellers, and, and this small tracks are just stepping stones to to the next bigger one. So that that's good to hear. Yeah, you know the, the the small tracks they're they're harder to get to get loggers to come to sometimes. But you know a lot, a, a kind of a, a rule of thumb, a lot of loggers use. They want to be able to be on a track for a week so they can move. You know, once in a week, it takes them a day to move equipment, if not more. And they they don't want a lot of them. You have trouble getting them to go cut a much smaller track. So. You know, it's interesting you hear you say that because I, I would have expected you to kind of say, you know, oh, it was 40 acres and above is the only thing that could work. That's very interesting that it really takes getting out on a property and, and seeing what is like, what it's like there on that for those particular yeah. acres to determine if it's going to be a, a reasonable timber investment. And moving on into management of that timber, differentiate between even age management and uneven age management uh, from a 50,000 foot foot view. How would you explain that in the simplest way? Simply even age management is what the public sees the most right now. Uh, you drive up and down the roads, up and down the highway, you see these clear cut, large clear cut areas and, you know, and you, they're going being reforested back, you know, at, at one time, every tree out there, uh, then is the same aged, and so thus you know that that is uh, even aged management. So what we commonly hear of is is plantation. Yes, pine plantations is even aged management. How does uneven age differ from that? In an uneven age setting, you're you have multiple age classes. You know, probably at least three different age classes of trees. You know, within that 
that make up the whole forest altogether, you know, so that, you know, you're going to have differences in, in size of the trees, differences in, you know, in diameter, differences in age, obviously. And, uh, and so also differences in tree height, you're going to have a, you know, a whole multitude of sizes and ages and classes that make up the whole forest. So Damon, why is even age management the most popular system? You know, why, 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 why do we see that more often than uneven? It's the easiest. It doesn't require as much uh, preparation, as much thought, as much work, as opposed to uneven aged. From a small forest owner's perspective, what are the cons of, of even age management? What, I mean, what do you, as a, as a consultant forester, what do you dislike about it? Well, from a small forest owner, it, what, what I see a lot of times is, you know, these, this, this small owner, it may be the only, the only piece of property they own, you know, and they, they need money. So, and they, they go out and, and just clear cut their entire forest. And so that they've, they've satisfied their, their, their need at, at this time, but then now they're going to, they're going to be waiting for a while uh, before they're, they're going to see any income at all from their property as, as far as timber. So it sounds like what you're saying is for, for the guy that, doesn't own a ton of acres. They really only get like one major harvest, maybe in their lifetime, depending on when they bought and how many years they've got left. I mean, there's just not a very, it's just not a very frequent income stream. Right. That's right. You know, on an even aged system, you know, cause it, where they clear cut it and plant it back even aged. I mean, they clear cut it today and plant it. I mean, you know, I mean, they're, they're 35 years from seeing a, a major influx of income. You talk about making that big cut. I mean, the thing you got to do right afterwards is site prep. So does the uneven age system offer any benefits uh, or, or, you know, are there any negatives to site prep with, with even age versus uneven age? Because, I mean, do you even have to do site prep when you're talking about uneven aged um, management? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. That depends on the, uh, you know, all the types of uh, other trees and bushes and things that, that you may have. On, on your property and uh you know what sprouts back as as you have uh cut and how you will be able to manage that vegetation you know that 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 comes back talking yeah. about that you know we my my concern is always wildlife i mean i don't get me wrong i want to i want to have income and good income and and make it be a a solid investment but i don't i'm i'm one of those folks where i i don't want to manage my timber at the expense of the wildlife. I, I would like to try to find a, a, a balance in there where I'm getting the best wildlife habitat for the income that I'm able to get. I know not everybody's like me, but from a wildlife habitat perspective, the cons that I've seen in an even aged system is that, I mean, I love to hunt a clear cut right after that, you know, that and, and two to three years after it's been cut, it's some of the best, best hunting around. But then once those trees get up head high, it's kind of a, it turns into somewhat of a desert from a hunting perspective. And, and then as those, as they grow until that first thinning, it's not great, yeah, it, not it, great it, wildlife habitat. Right. It does. A lot of times, you know, in, in plantation forestry, you'll, it is, it's great for the first few years uh, hunting across it. Uh, you, you can see a long way, even when trees are just getting, you know, waist high, the chest high, the deer will still walk out in them because they feel safe. Right, because, you know, the, the trees are right up. They're as tall as they are, but if you're hunting over them, you can still see them. 
But as as those trees grow and in a plantation and, and you start getting, you know, as they get a little bit older and a little bit older, branches get longer. Branches start touching, you know, from row to row, tree to tree. And and so then you start getting canopy closure. And, you know, and as you do that, if you're getting canopy closure, you're reducing the amount of sunlight that starts hitting the forest floor. And so then that starts changing the abundance of reducing the the grasses, forbs, you know, you know, things that you want that, that are within reach of your wildlife, you know, to, to eat. And eventually you just about, you can, it, it, it can just about chuck everything out where the only thing you have out there is pine trees. And last I checked, deer don't eat pine bark. <laughs> right. From, from on the even age side, what about market timing? Do you, do you see some challenges with, you know, what the timber market's doing right now, uh, if you're managing on even age stands? Yeah, there is. Cause you know, you, you, you hit a point in where your, your whole stand may be, if you've let it, let it go and you're trying to time the market, let, let's just, for instance, say you, you know, you've got a first thinning to do uh, on an even age stand and you, your, your trees are getting overcrowded for the size that they're growing to. Uh, you start getting smaller tree crown uh which means that 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 tree is is slowing down and you know and their the trees are going to get stressed and then you know if you're trying to time the market you may forego thinning for a few years and so you know and even you're slowing down the growth of, of your investment uh by having to wait trying to time the market right how how many years do you have in general like if you know, let's just talk about that first thinning uh, as an example, if your timber's ready for its, if you're doing an even age management and it's ready for its first thinning and the market's terrible, how much time do you have that you can wait before you're starting to affect future income on, on your second thinning or your next harvest? That's going to vary from, you know, from stand to stand. But as a rule of thumb, you know, which I, I think everybody <laughs> uses and assumes is, you know, everybody assumes you're going to do your first thinning at about age 15. Uh, you know, in even age management, time management. And I've seen people go out four or five years past that. And it, it's hard to say how, how much that affects even, you know, your, your future harvest, because, you know, you're, you're hoping that, that once you finally do thin it, that the, your residual stand responds to that thinning and then starts growing faster again. Well, um, ideally, if you've waited that long, it'll help you produce a little bit better grade down the road. And right. that value in that way. So, but I guess it depends on the genetics of the seedling sources too. That's true too. Yeah. On these uneven forests, they're well stocked. And assuming we're talking about pine here primarily, you know, it mm-hmm. seemed like you play in the market would be a little easier because if you've got a mixed product classes of, of, you know, pulpwood, chip and saw and salt timber. And, and while you're managing for grade salt timber and poles, you hit a market like we did a few years ago where the salt timber prices tank and pulpwood prices went through the roof then you can change your short-term perspective and, and run out there and take advantage of that $24, $25 a ton pulpwood that we saw for, you know, six <laughs> months to a year. Get that out of there and basically triple or quadruple your, your would have been returns, you know, before that market hit. And then continue to let your, you know, manage the sunlight and, and let your salt timber grow into bigger and better grade as, you, as we wait on that market to return. So it's mm-hmm. just... I mean, you agree with that? I mean, it it kind of lets you play that the market a little better when it, you've it got does. a well stocked mixed stand like that. 
And it lets it, you do it, it without it clear does. cutting, which is the main thing that, I, you know, most landowners I see that really like is they can go out there and thin timber and take advantage of that market without having to clear cut and devastate the stand. That's right. It, it gives you a lot more flexibility. Let's get into the, the actual management practices on, on a uneven aged a little bit more. So let's just okay. say we've got two tracks. We've got 200 acre tracks. They're, they're, they're right up next to each other. 200 acre stands of timber. And one, one is clear cut and it's been replanted. It's all the same age. The next stand, the 100 acres we're going to manage through uneven age management, what are we going to do with that, that stand of trees? Assuming that it's um, currently natural regeneration, it's just it's got all different mixed ages. It's currently an uneven age stand. How are we going to go in and reestablish trees that we take out? What's our process to be able to go in and harvest timber and have that reestablishment take place. Yeah. Well, kind of what you're talking about, Joe, I mean, I, you, I guess, you know, I would assume you, you're saying that you do have some, some larger saw timber trees out there that, that have reseeded the, the area around them. So kind of with uneven age management, you're going to, you know, one thing you can do is you, 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 you get to a point, you know, where you, you've got regeneration, sufficient stocking out there. You know, once you reach that level, then, you know, it might be time to, to go in and maybe just select a few of your saw timber trees across your landscape and just go ahead and get, get, get those out. And then and that, that, that opens up, you know, and you you opens up a lot of, you know, the, the area that canopy was taken up and, uh, you know, it opens that up and you, then you're releasing the trees that were below it to become a little more free to grow and, you know, and it perpetuates, you know, the growth cycle. So where it's, it's, you know, in, in doing that kind of over and over again, you know, with uneven age management, you, your regeneration cycle, it, it's, it's almost like you're, you're to be perpetual. So where the, the forest is regenerating itself over and over again. So in that scenario, I mean, is there ever a need to bring in saplings? I mean, are, are you ever going to have to reestablish from an outside source if you're trying to practice uneven age? Maybe, you, you know, maybe somebody listening has a, have, currently has an even age stand and they want to, if they wanted to convert to uneven age management, is it something where they're going to have to go in harvest and bring, bring something in? Or can they expect that there's a seed bank there that will release, like you say? Sometimes it's hard to catch, catch that seed, seed crop. You know, you don't have a, just this vast seed crop every year all the time. And based on when you have done a cutting, if you don't catch enough and you're not getting enough regeneration, then, then I would say, yeah, you, you may want to come in and artificially establish particular areas where, where you don't have enough regeneration. Seems like we see that a lot in Longleaf where a lot of people come in and, and do kind of the random devil planting, hand planting in the um, in those some of those openings. Yeah. You mentioned Longleaf and there's a lot of co-op or cost share, however you want to put it, programs out there for Longleaf. When you're doing those kind of things, I mean, are you able to say convert to Longleaf from, from Loblolly using this kind of these kind of practices or would you have to clear cut and start? fresh have you ever dealt with that well yeah and, it, and it's hard you, you you've got to have in your 
stand. Let's say you, you, you've got to have a, at least a mixed stand, and you, you've got to have some long leaf hardy out there if you're going to do this naturally. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't, or if you don't have enough, then you you do have to to bring in some and artificially plant some long leaf. Right, but I mean, it, it sounds like that one of the big benefits uh, over even aged with uneven aged is there's it sounds like a lot less site prep and maybe little to no reestablishment costs with this management practice or set of management practices. It, is that, would you say that's fair? I mean, is it going to be less inputs for the landowner of, of income when it comes to site prep and reestablishment? Um, as a whole, yes, uh, I, I believe so. You know, it's not going to be necessarily be no input, but I don't think it would be as much as if you were paying for a hundred percent coverage, you know, site prep and reforestation cost. All right. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to be continuing to talk about uneven aged timber management, specifically for smaller forest owners. Buying real property isn't the same as buying in town. If you're in the market to purchase your own piece of paradise or need an operating line for your farm, give our friends at Alabama Ag Credit a call. As the local experts in rural real estate financing, they can help you with everything from homes and land to tractors and crops. Because sometimes natural resources need financial resources. And while some lenders don't get it, they do. Learn more by visiting alabamaagcredit.com. And we're back this week talking with Damon Wilkinson, the owner of Professional Forestry Services out of Mobile, Alabama. And Damon is educating us on uneven aged timber management, specifically for smaller forest owners. Well, Damon, getting back to the cash flow, when it comes to even aged and uneven aged, and we're kind of comparing the two, again, we're talking about smaller stands of timber. Do you see that uneven age provides more income on a more frequent basis than even aged? How often would you be cutting uh, if you're practicing uneven age management? You know, first of all, in even aged, you know, let's say you just clear cut your timber. You know, you've got that income today, probably going to be 15 years before you uh, receive any timber income again. And then even after that, you're another five to seven years on the second thinning and then maybe 10 after that for your next harvest. So, and then compared with that on a uneven aged management, you can, and it's because you're trying to, to perpetuate, help the stand perpetuate itself. You know, you're, you're going to have more frequent cuttings over time as opposed to what I just talked about. And, you know, and they, they may be spaced, five to seven years apart, maybe more, but certainly not 15 years apart right? <laughs> by any means. And so, so yes, you, you'll have more, more frequent income, but that income is just not as much at each time compared to, to even aged. Well, more frequent income is good. I mean, uh, personally, I'd I'd like to get paid more often than not. Right. And I would assume most people feel the same way. However, on over the long term, so let's just use that fifteen-year time frame and say, let's go back to our comparison. We got two hundred-acre stands trees. One, one, the one on the left is planted even aged. It's been clear cut. Uh, We wait fifteen years. The other stand is uneven aged, and we've cut it 
uh, three times already, once every five years, let's say. At the end of that 15 years, when we thin our, our even age stand, do you think or, or do you have an experience to know whether or not we've got more net income on one side or the other? Uh, if we break it down and looked at it from inputs, you know, not just total revenue, but, you know, the revenue of the timber sale minus site prep, and re, uh, reforestation, reestablishment costs. What do you feel like uh, on smaller tracks is going to result in a higher net income? Which management practice? I think probably uneven aged being in that a lot of that is largely because you have more flexibility to, to, to time timber markets, you know, without hurting yourself too bad. You know, if you have to wait a little bit. Mm-hmm. And as we talked about earlier with the, uh, you know, even aged, you, you just don't have as much flexibility. Talking about that flexibility, we hit on earlier that we may be trying to time a market. So say we've got pulpwood goes up real high and we want to take advantage of that or maybe it's saw timber or any other class, it doesn't matter. The point is, is that you've got the ability to somewhat to time a market because you've, you can go cut pulp wood or saw timber. Uh, whereas if you've got an even age stand, you've only maybe got one class of, of trees to go cut at a time. That's right. With uneven aged, our, we get a lot more per ton for the, for the most part uh, on saw timber than we do on pulp wood and are we only trying to cut saw timber out of our stands? I mean, are, we're not high grading, right? I mean, are we, are we always going to go in and cut some pulp, some saw timber and some poles or uh, does it just depend on what's there and, and what your crews tell you? It, it, it depends on what's there, what, you know, what's on a particular property and you're creating space for all, you know, for these, these multiple age classes, you know, to, to all exist together on the same acreage. And you're not always going in and cutting just one, cutting a, a combination of different classes at, you know, at, at any given time. And protecting your genetics and everything else. So you may, be, you may be in there chasing one product and you look over there and you, you see a forked dog, so to speak. So you want to cut those dogs out and, and keep the, That's right. the grade of the stand progressing as well over time. I guess the other thing I don't think we've mentioned on Joe's there's a technical approach to this, but then there's always the, the goals of the landowner that can come in and, and adjust those and, and adjust Damon's approach as well. That's right. Uh, they, may, they may have a vision a vision of how they want their, their picture painted, and that may differ from just the silvicultural approach to it. It sounds like it's a much more hands-on approach, Damon. It is. And from your perspective, is that an advantage to the landowner? Because, I mean, it... I mean, if we break it down to dollars and cents, I would want you, if you're managing my my property, I'd want you to be out there. You're going to have to be out there more frequently, which means I'm going to be paying you more often. But I also have got that more frequent income. So there's some inputs there that may maybe aren't there on an on a even age stand. I personally don't see that as a negative because I want you out on my property more often. I, I want you to be there and learning my property and also finding out what we can do to, to manage it better. I mean, are there any negatives to the more hands-on approach? Is it, is it a lot more time consuming for the landowner or is it more about just building a relationship with a consultant forester like yourself? I think it's more about, you know, just having, building a good relationship. I mean, yes, yes, you are going, you know, your consulting fees will be more and frequent harvests than, than, you know, than, than yes. I mean, that's, True to assume. I mean, that's more, you know, of a consultant's time, you know, out there 
in the woods on the ground. You've also got assurance, too, that what you're doing is the landowner's goals and objectives are being carefully watched. I, I see so much contrary to this. I, 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 you know, look looking back, at, you know, at a at an even aged harvest of, of first thing, and you know, you see there's really not a lot of supervision over a uh, you know timber harvester. You know, and they just I, I guess kind of typically most people go in and they do a, a, a fifth row thinning and, and that's it. So they're they're really not watching over what what's going on very much. And so they then then there's a lot of stuff that you don't know. And, you know, is where in a more even aged, you know, system, I mean, if you're going to do any cutting, then, you know, I mean, you're going to have your consultant go out and, and mark your timber. I mean, mark what is to be cut. So where, you know, you know, you're you're only taking out what what needs to come out according to your objectives. The thing that I like about it, again, from a personal perspective, is that holistically, you know, we, we, the last show we did, we were talking with uh, Daniel Baumgartner, Wildlife Management Solutions, and uh, his foundational, we were talking about planting spring and, and summer food plots. And before we could really talk about seeds and fertilizer and forage and all those things, it's really all about the soil. And are we doing things to benefit the soil? Are we improving the soil or are we taking away from the soil? And so much of what we we do when we plant things is we're putting back in, we're having to make more inputs to have the type of soil health that we want to be able to grow decent forage. And it sounds like with uneven aged management, you've got an intact ecosystem there with, with the, because you're not having to bring in trees. You're, you're having, uh, for the most part, natural regeneration from what's there. And I, I would, I would have to believe that benefits the wildlife. I mean, when you're on a track that's being managed this way, do you feel like that this is a superior management practice from a wildlife perspective, uh, or is it just different? Yeah, of course, it's my opinion, but uh, yes, I, I think it's better uh, from a wildlife standpoint. You're creating these multiple types of uh, food, you know, that's available for, you know, your different wildlife species and you know, where you're not, you know, just shading all of those out, you know, across your across your property, you know in an even aged uh, perspective, but so well, you're in there I, disturbing I, I it a lot more too. Right. I mean, so, I mean, you think about when we see, when you thin a, when you thin pines, when you see that even age stand get thin the first time, or when you see that even age stand get clear cut, that disturbance creates opportunities for wildlife that we be, that they benefit from. And we benefit from as hunters, you're going in there every five to seven years and making a harvest. That disturbance is, is kind of starting the process over again. It's like a little, like a mini clear cut, essentially, where you're getting sunlight on the forest floor. And I'm sure that that's creating, you know, sprouting new plants that are forage for the, for the wildlife that that's there. I mean, do you see that that more frequent disturbance is a, is part of the benefit? I, I believe the disturbance helps uh, facilitate that. Uh, yes, I do. You know, if if you you have a landowner and their their, their main objective is wildlife, then you, you know you, you really think about what you're managing. I mean, the first thing everybody thinks about you're managing is trees. Well, you know, sure, of course you are, but you're also managing sunlight and shade as well. And so, you know, you're gonna do things differently there for wildlife as opposed to if you you don't care about wildlife and you, you do, you're just trying to grow timber. 
so yeah, you're you're gonna manage it a little differently. You know, you you want a little more sunlight and less shade. I've been waiting on those two words to come up. We hear it all the time, and and it's you know a lot of people yeah. hear it, but they don't understand it. And when you're talking about shade tolerant species like oak versus sweet gum. You know, we all know which one we'd prefer. Uh, if our focus right. is wildlife and then also the benefits of sun versus shade is in terms of just natural pruning on the timber. So if you're mm-hmm. trying to grow grade timber, you know, the effect that, that too much sunlight versus not enough can have on that kind of a stand. That's right. Kind of helps, you know, I mean, if you've got a whole, you know, if you've got a lot of, you know, hardwood in your stand, you're trying to use those as a, uh, you know, to help, you know, regenerate the prop, you know, parts of your property. Then, like what you were saying there, Clint, if you, you open it up too much, then you know you may get all this epicormic branching down lower on the bowl of your hardwood trees, and uh, so then that 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 affects what you might get at the, uh, you know, from a from a receiving mill. Yeah, you you grow a tree out for thirty, forty years, and you go, man, it's gonna things gonna make great soil tanner's gonna be a great number one log and you know thinking about all those branches and don't understand that spent years making great acorns but you roll it into the mill and they said no that's pulpwood <laughs> they call they call it out completely uh it kind of hurts your feelings that's right you, using a consultant to find that balance is is important and that's the other thing we've kind of been focusing on underlying pine themes here on a mixed age stand but it's uneven age but you start getting into hardwood and there's different types of uneven age stands to manage. And if you're focusing on specific species or products or, or, you know, whatever the case may be, it's, it's, if you don't have a good consultant helping you, you can get in a, a, a bad place quickly. Well, Damon, it sounds like uneven aged on small stands wins in site prep. It, it wins in reestablishment. It, it wins. And when it comes to, wildlife and just overall forest ecology, it could and may possibly win in net income for the landowner. It definitely wins in more frequent income. What are we missing? Why? What are the cons? I mean, what do you not like about it? Why is this not more prevalent? Well, you know, one thing I can think of is in managing, you know, a stand in this way, you, you don't, you know, it, it, when, when it comes harvest time, you it can be difficult to find, you know, the right logger, you know, and the and the right forester to help, you know, to help the landowner that that's willing to be as hands on as it may require to reach their goals. A lot of these loggers out there, I mean, they're, I mean, I understand, I mean, they're all faced with, you know, making payments and uh, this, you know, all their equipment's not cheap, and you know, a lot of them come in. I mean, they're just so focused on production where where, where I think that, you know, that that's a big negative. You you got to be able to find somebody that's a little smaller, maybe uh, you know, definitely with with some little bit smaller equipment that, that's not as that's a little more nimble in the woods. That to me is what what can be difficult. And that's but that's where you come in too, right? I mean, it is, is that's right. If, if you've got those team of people. You know what what a logger's capable of and what he isn't capable of, and and that's where you need a consultant to help you find those vendors uh, that are going to be able to help you be able to help you do this. Now, if we go back to our, our, our original test method and we, we look at those 200 acre stands right next to each other, if we're starting from clear cut, let's say they're both clear cut, then we're not going to see any income for roughly 15 years until we get to that first thinning. If we've planted both of those stand, both of those clear cuts in 
in plantation and we get to that 15 year mark one and one we continue on with even age management can we convert the other so if somebody's sitting on an existing plantation right now and they own that can they convert an existing plantation into uneven age management yes you can what does it's, that look uh, like what does that for what you know so at year 15 when you're going in to thin the even age stand what are you doing on, on the other track? Are you thinning it the same way or are you going to immediately start a, diff- a different process? If you're going to move toward, you know, uneven age management, then you, you've got to begin with the end, in, the end in mind. I mean, you got to know. So you, you are going to cut it a little differently. You know, you may want to, you might create some little bit, you know, larger openings, you know, kind of like some, like a mosaic of larger areas. They're a little more open that are, that are going to, be where your tree's seed will, you know, hopefully land and, and catch and regenerate on its own, you know, in those areas. And you work toward getting that whole cycle started at that time. Yeah. And, you know, I see this a lot. I see a lot of, I see a lot of unmanaged forests, whether it's inherited land or, or maybe the landowners just got up in age and they're, they're just not taking care of it anymore to, it's just naturally growing, you know, it's naturally, maybe it was cut naturally regenerated. Where does somebody who's got the piece of, of property like that, where they've, it wasn't plantation. It was just allowed to volunteer, whatever volunteered up. What would they need to be able to do this? If you were to go out to their property, are you looking for, they just need a few big trees to get this started? Or is it a situation where they may need to wipe the slate clean and start from scratch? And it does, or does this all depend? Uh, it just, it, it all depends, uh, depends on what's out there, uh, as far as, you know, what, what species of trees are out there and what condition they're in and what kind of age class or classes you, you may or may not have. And it, it's really something you just got to take a look at it before you can really tell somebody that. Well, like a lot of the things we've talked about on here is a lot of assumptions that are made and, and there's a lot of things that are variable, especially when it comes to land and no tract is just exactly like the next. And it sounds like what really needs to happen if somebody wants to move towards uneven age management or find out if it's the right move for them is they need to contact you and, you know, answer some questions, but also maybe get them out, get you out on their property and take a look at it and see exactly what's going on there so that you can make your best recommendation. Is there anything, if folks want to get in touch with you, I mean, is there anything you would want them to be prepared with, uh, be, be questions that you'd want them to be prepared to answer? Uh, or is this something that just, you need to do a site visit? Uh, definitely a site visit, but you know, uh, I mean, I always want people to, to really have in mind and be thinking about, you know, prior to my meeting with them is, you know, what are, what are their goals? What are, what do they want to see? You know, how do they want it to look? Every landowner is different. Every property is different. And, but every one of them, you know, has a little file folder in their head. And, and it's, you know, this is what I want my property to look like. I want, I want to know what that objective is. Right. And then try and work from there. Well, Damon, I've appreciated having you on today. It's, it's been a lot to learn and there's a lot more to learn. But this seems like something that could really benefit a lot of landowners. If they want to get in touch with you and find out if this is the right, right move for them. What's the best way for them to do that? How should they contact you? The uh, most direct way would be on my uh, my cell phone. It's uh, 251-610-9044. Or they can uh, you know send me a message on my Facebook page at Professional Forestry Services, LLC. You can look that up and you know just, it's got a button and a link there. That's how you get in touch with me. 
Well, Clint, what do you think, man? Uneven age management versus even age management. You got any thoughts? I mean, we asked Damon, but why isn't this more prevalent, man? To me, it seems like it's better all the way around. Yeah, like everything, it just depends. But there's perception. You know, a lot of people think you got to be in a plantation setting to to make money on pine. It just depends on what your your goals are, and you know, as a buyer, knowing how to identify those in the front end. If you don't ever want to look at a clear cut, uh, then you have to be prepared to go into an une- uneven age management program to to avoid the necessity for that. You know, with hardwood, you're kind of always in that. For the most part, there are some approaches that will come in and do poster stamp style clear cuts but you know our hardwood stands we we manage sunlight and we you know try to keep about 25 percent sunlight on the ground and and manage for shade tolerant species primarily oak from a sales standpoint you know a lot of people like to see these because a they're rare to find because most people have taken their uplands and turned them into some form of plantation through the years you know so when you find a really well managed and pretty uneven age stand uh, track, then they tend to sell at a little bit higher premium uh, than your conventional plantation track because plantation tracks are very easy to find. They're very common, very well managed, uneven age stand tracks are, are hard to find. Uh, it's kind of like when somebody calls us, tells us they want a quail track. Well, that's great and they're beautiful, but they're rare. So it rare, just like anything else in life, tends to be more valuable. Uh, so if you you come in and you do this right, Damon or your consultant's time and energy and knowledge is not an expense. It's an investment in, in making sure that you get the return out of your property that you want. Don't take advantage of, of that from them. Uh, then, then you could end up, you know, years and years down the road with a product that's different than what you wanted because you didn't, you know, make that investment in them. So, you know, it's important to to make sure you've got a strong relationship with a professional that can protect your vision and make sure that when it's time for you to either, you know, sell this track and move to a, a larger one or, uh, or sell it and go fishing, whatever you want to do, that, that when it's that time, that it's living up to its full potential. Yeah, it sounds like just another benefit, really, to the system when something is rare, like you say, it's going to sell for a better price if there's yeah. a demand for it. And if this is aesthetically pleasing, well-managed and rare, I mean, that that's the trifecta. Yeah. And I personally, I like it. I, I want a forester on my property more often than not. So I like the added management of it. That's not a negative to me. Sounds like it's a great way to go. Well, folks, I'm going to drop a, a link to, uh, to Damon in the comments uh, there on the page. So if you you need to get his email or, or his uh, phone number. We'll, we'll put it there if you want to contact him about taking a look at your property. And if you're not in, in an area that, that Damon serves, uh, give us a, an email at pros at landhunting.com. We'll be happy to link you up with a uh, consultant forester uh, in your area. Appreciate you listening this week. Hope you learned something. We'll look forward to talking to you again soon. This week's show has been brought to you by Alabama Black Belt Adventures and their new coffee table book, Black Belt Bounty. Celebrates the traditions of hunting and fishing so deeply embedded in the folks who get to call the Alabama Black Belt home and the folks who enjoy. It's got unbelievable writing from award-winning writers, excellent photography, and some really awesome recipes from some of Alabama's nationally recognized celebrity chefs. If you want to pick up a copy, just go over to the Alabama Black Belt Adventures website at alabamablackbeltadventures.org slash black belt bounty. 
and also brought to you by the Alabama Ag Credit. Buying real property isn't the same as buying in town. If you're in the market to purchase your own piece of paradise or need an operating line for your farm, give our friends at Alabama Ag Credit a call. As the local experts in rural real estate financing, they can help you with everything from homes and land to tractors and crops. Because sometimes natural resources need financial resources. And while some lenders don't get it, they do. Learn more by visiting alabamaagcredit.com. And also brought to you by Bay County Armory. Building an AR-10 or AR-15 can be a daunting task. Don't let the feeling of overwhelm stop you from having the exact AR you want. Give Bay County Armory a call at 850-832-2238. And also brought to you by Wildlife Management Solutions. The experts at Wildlife Management Solutions can guide you on selecting the best forage for your soils and goals. So give them a call at 877-400-8089 or check out their website with more information and a full dealer list at productsforwildlifemanagement.com.